Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, inventor of my pillow, here to tell you about my Giza Dream bed sheets. I made sure that they would be everything you'd ever want in a sheet set. I started with the world's finest cotton called Giza. It's only grown in a region where the Sahara Desert, the Nile River, and the Mediterranean Sea all meet. The long staple cotton makes my Giza Dream sheets ultra soft and durable. They come with extra wide pillowcases to fit over any pillow and extra deep pockets to fit over any mattress. Not only that, they come with my 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. And now you can get the best sheets ever for the best price ever. When you buy one of my Giza Dream bed sheet sets, you'll get another one absolutely free. I personally guarantee that they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the Radio Listener Specials for the buy one, get one free offer on Giza Sheets. All you got to do, Renegade Nation, is enter the promo code RENEGADE or call 1-800-889-6817 for these great specials. That's 1-800-889-6817. Use the promo code RENEGADE. Please be aware the stories, theories, reenactments, and language in this podcast are of an adult nature and can be considered disturbing, frightening, and in some cases even offensive. Listener discretion is therefore advised. Welcome, heathens. Welcome to the world of the weird and unexplained. I am your host, Nicole Delacroix, and together we will be investigating stories about the things that go bump in the night, frighteningly imagined creatures, supernatural beings, and even some unsolved mysteries. But I promise all sorts of weirdness. Choose your poison accordingly. All right, now for the game part. How about every time I say Christopher, that'll be a single shot. And every time I say Tompkins, that's going to be a double shot. Now that we have the business end out of the way, we can jump headfirst into today's dark enigma. So I need you to don your sleuthing hats and put on your very best Sherlock Holmes as we dive into today's offering of the unsolved and very mysterious disappearance of one Christopher Tompkins. All right, here we go. The case of Christopher Tompkins takes some pretty strange turns, and I do have to confess had been working. With still no answer, they discovered Christopher's work boot hanging from the top of the barbed wire fence, and all of his work tools were on the ground, but no Christopher. And after not being able to find him, they finally called 911 to report him missing. Here, I think 24 hours, I understand the police don't want to jump into something if they don't know what's going on. But in a situation where somebody was there one minute and gone the next, that 24 hours should just go away. Especially if it's a young child or somebody under the age of 18. Anyways, they waited for the 24-hour time to pass. Christopher's mom was notified that he was missing somewhere around 4.15 p.m., and she questioned why it had taken so long for someone to let her know what was going on. The next day, after that required 24 hours had passed, the police conducted an area search. Near, near where his boot had been found, they found a blue piece of fabric that matched the material of Christopher's pants. They also found 12 cents on the ground right underneath as if it had fallen from his pocket. And they would find nothing else. The co-workers were questioned, 
although the police publicly stated they believed Christopher must have just walked off. One co-worker, however, obtained an attorney a week later, although no one was sure why. Christopher's mother still believes that the co-workers know more than they are saying, and she believes that Christopher is no longer alive and likely met with foul play. That's the case in a nutshell. Christopher went off. They were talking one minute. He disappeared. And then he was no more. There's the nutshell. But now we're going to take it from the top just a little bit deeper. And I want you guys to get in your armchair sleuthing mode. Anybody who can think of anything, definitely add to this discussion. Okay. So the day was January 25th, 2002. And it started off just like any other for Christopher Tompkins. He got up, he said goodbye to his mother, and he left for his job as a surveyor at 8.10 in the morning. Tompkins met up with the other three members of his four-man surveyor train and went about their daily routine of survey work at an expanse of lightly wooded area off County Line Road near Highway 85 in Ellerslie, Georgia. By the way, I live right near Highway 85, and I can tell you lightly wooded means that you can see through the trees and you can see how far the forest goes back. This is not a very heavily wooded area. It is further up, but in this area, it is not. So you can see through it. In fact, there's currently a logging team out there that um, basically there are no more trees. But at this time, there was. And it was lightly wooded. But you could actually see the streets behind. You could actually see some houses out in the, out in the forest. So it was lightly wooded. It's not like a huge forest. Anyways, the team moved on as they worked their way in the same direction through the forest. Tompkins who was the last in the line, was keeping in regular communication with the others, and he and the man in front of him were within eyesight of each other. So I want you to stand 50 feet away from like a door or something and see just how close 50 feet is. And he went missing, and nobody knows anything. Anyways, at one point, the surveyor in front glanced back towards Tompkins, who had just been talking to him moments before to find he was suddenly and inexplicably gone. It didn't make any sense because the man had just been there several seconds before. But now there was nothing, and nowhere he could have gone to without being seen. Their surveyor called the others, they searched the area, but what they found only made it even weirder. Nearby was one of Christopher's work boots, hanging from a barbed wire fence, that stretched through the area with no sign of the other boot. In a patch of grass next to the boot were his work tools, a blue fiber from his work pants, and 12 cents. That was it. And it seemed as if Christopher Tompkins had simply blinked out of existence. It would not be until 1 p.m., roughly four hours after the disappearance, that one of the other surveyors would finally call their boss to say that Christopher had vanished. And oddly enough, the missing man's own mother was not told about the incident until 4.15, another three hours later. Even then, she was informed that they had to wait 24 hours for the police to do anything. And when the authorities finally stepped in, they were not able to find any additional clues as to what happened to Christopher. 
a more intensive search was launched, but nothing was turned up until months later, when the missing work boot was bizarrely found by chance on the private property of a man who lived 900 yards from where Christopher had gone missing. How did this man just go missing in practically the blink of an eye in full view, only to leave behind one boot? Where could he have even gotten to so fast? And why were there no other signs of him anywhere? What happened to Christopher Tompkins? The disappearance has long remained baffling and was brought to mainstream attention when it was mentioned in the famous series of books on vanishings, The Missing 411 by David Polides. And as with many cases of people who have vanished into thin air, theories as to what happened to him have varied from the mundane to the truly bizarre. One of the first ideas was that there had been some sort of foul play involved. After all, the surveyors with him did not, did not report the disappearance for several hours, more than enough time for them to murder him and dispose of the body, allowing them to make up whatever story they liked. However, there really wasn't any motive for this at all. No evidence of foul play, and none of the other surveyors were ever seriously interrogated or even investigated in this matter. There was also the idea that Tompkins had simply walked off the job and run off to start a new life. An idea supported by his boss's claim that Christopher had been acting strangely in the days leading up to the vanishing. But his own mother adamantly denied this, saying in an article for the Ledger Inquirer, and I quote, Chris lived with me and I saw him every day. There was neither strange behavior on his part nor any distress. End quote. Indeed, many of his friends and family would insist that Tompkins had been a well-adjusted, happy individual, and his co-workers painted a picture of a respectable, hard-working individual. There's also the question of, if he did walk away, then how did he manage to do it in full view of the other surveyors, and why did he do it minus one boot, and why, and while leaving behind those all those other bizarre clues, right? Another idea still was that he might have been attacked by a wild animal. Now, I will say that I do live in this area. Yeah, it's about 45 minutes into the, the zone, I guess you would say. There are wild animals here. I have personally seen deers going up and down the street where I live. And I live in a rural, but, you know, suburban area. I've also seen wolves. So there are wild animals around here and we're pretty close to the national forest so they could migrate. I'm just saying. So that's not a crazy idea. Okay. So he might've been attacked by a wild animal, but if that were the case, why wouldn't there be more evidence of a struggle or an injury? And how could this possibly happen within moments and within eyesight of the other surveyor without them noticing? It doesn't make any sense. I don't know about you, but even when I was standing outside at 2 o'clock in the morning, just kind of checking out the sky, the night sky, because, you know, I like to do that. And a deer ran past me, scared the living crap out of me. I screamed like the little girl that I am. I'm not going to lie. I woke up at least three or four of my neighbors, and they came running out to find out. So you think somebody 50 feet away from me would have been like, whoa, what the hell was that, right? I'm just saying. This is into some of the more far out theories that have made the rounds. 
One idea is that Christopher had seen something out there that, well, he was not supposed to, and was silenced by some mysterious party, with the authorities in on it and all, explaining the lag time and informing the family, etc., etc. Okay, I personally think that that's just bullcrap. I'm sorry. I understand that, you know what, yes, it's a rural area and everybody knows everybody, but I can guarantee you that the police officers in this area would not go along with something like this. They would be like, yeah, you know what, he was in the wrong place at the wrong time, sorry. They they just would have told you. I, I just don't believe that the authorities around here, I, I believe that the, the Harris County Sheriff's Department is a group of wonderful people that care about their community and the people in it. I do not believe that. Not even 1%. Not even 0.1%. These people would look for him to the ends of the earth. That is what I believe. So that one's bullshit. And the lag time. I mean, seriously, you know what? I'm going to say if I'm working with somebody, I'm not going to try and get them in trouble. So if they kind of walked off to, I don't know, have like lunch or maybe they were getting a donut. I don't know. It might have taken me a little while before I said something to it, too. Plus, you know what? They were probably his friends. And they thought, what if he did, you know, like go to see his girlfriend or something? They don't want to get him in trouble. So they didn't say anything. Everything has a plausible explanation in my book. I'm just saying. Anyways, even weirder still is the idea that some mysterious and very powerful force had actually picked him up and carried him off with his belongings snagged on the fence as he was carried off. Yes, you know, this is where I land when it comes to the crazy stuff, because it's always aliens with me. So yes, and I'm just going to say that, you know what, I am out in the middle of the boonies, and we do have UFOs out here, I'm just saying. So, ghosts, UFO, Bigfoot, who knows? There are even the ideas that the culprit could be some sort of vortex, a rift between dimensions, or even the doing of ancient Native American spirits or curses from the days when the Native Creek people were massacred and driven from the lands by encroaching settlers. Of course, there's absolutely no evidence whatsoever for any of the more outlandish possibilities out there either, and they serve merely to add a layer of additional bizarreness to an already bizarre case. But what happened to Christopher Tompkins? It remains a complete mystery. I'm going to say his mother deserves an answer. This woman deserves to know what happened to her son. Anyways, five months after his disappearance, a local farmer is walking in his property and finds a lone boot in the swampland at the edge of his land. This boot would later be identified as Christopher Tompkins' boot, and it was determined to be less than one mile from the spot where he disappeared. So, what are the theories? He walked off on his own? Okay. Well, if that's the case, how did he disappear so fast where nobody could see him? And covering it up. Okay, that's plausible. That one I'll give you, but he, he, the way they talk about him, it, it, they were his friends. Why would they do something to him? And why would they cover it up? That just doesn't make any sense. And the police would have sussed this out. I'm just saying that they, they overturned every single rock. And there's nothing. Okay, a wild animal. Okay, that one's probably the most likely. But if that happened, wouldn't the other workers have heard something? I mean, if nothing else, the animal coming after them too? 
Okay? And then the bizarre stuff. The Bigfoot, the Sasquatch, the Dogman. I mean, these woodland creatures are considered fast and quiet and would probably be able to carry a grown man away quickly. But again, the workers heard nothing. 50 feet. Seriously. Do the math. Stand 50 feet and throw something out a door and see if you can't hear it. Throw a leaf. See if you can't hear it. You can. And I promise you in January in Georgia, it's cold. You're going to hear stuff. I'm just saying. A portal. Okay. Well, did he fall into a time portal or maybe into another dimension? Now, that's straight out of science fiction. And you know I love those. But it still doesn't explain the sudden disappearance. Aliens. Okay. Now, you know I love this one. An alien abduction would explain how he was flipped upside down, losing his boot on the fence, going upward, and having his change fall out of his pocket. Or he could have just tried to jump the fence and got stuck. I'm just saying that, you know what, before we jump into the outlandish, I'm going to say his friends didn't hear an alien either. They didn't see a spaceship, and they weren't missing time. I'm just saying. And why would they only take Christopher if there was four people out there? It just, it doesn't make any sense. So, what do you think happened to Christopher Tompkins? There's not a lot of information, and it's been more than 20 years, and we still haven't found a body. But, if you have any information, or you have an idea, then please contact the Harris County, Georgia Sheriff's Department. The family and law enforcement haven't given up hope that they can find Christopher and return him, or his remains, to his family for closure. And wouldn't you want that for your mother? I know I do. And with that, my darlings, we've come to the end of today's episode. I thank you for joining me here today on Renegade Talk Radio. And I hope that you will take some time and reach out to me and share your thoughts on today's episode. Also, upcoming episodes, we're going to be revamping our um, Skinwalker episode. I've got some really great information from one of our listeners, and I'm really excited to share it with you. I just got to reach out to him and ask him how he'd like to do it. And I will be doing that this week. And I can't wait for you guys to hear these stories because they're amazing you're gonna love them all right and as always you can reach me and the show at dark enigma podcast at gmail.com and if you have a suggestion for a future show you got a story you'd like to tell you just want to tell me what you think you're bored and you need somebody to talk to drop me a line because i do reply to every single email and on that note that is all the time i have for you this evening i thank you for joining me here on renegade talk radio and you guessed it don't forget to tune in next time see you my heathens i love you we don't sugarcoat shit this is renegade talk radio renegade talk radio